Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Come on, hurry up. We got to get there. We have to hurry. Why? Because if we don't get there on time, we're going to miss out. Miss out on what? Stop asking me all these questions. Come on, let's go. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we look into some of the factors behind we have the need to do things right now. So I want to ask you, why now? I'll see you on the flip. All right. So today we're going to be talking about why now? What is it about the now that you have to do something? And if we're going to do anything with regards to being wise, wisdom would have you understand what triggers you, what makes you move, and why you do the things you do. So it's not only that we're going to be talking about why you respond to things, but we're going to do as we normally do and give you some tools and some wisdom smacks to help you to not only control why you do the things you do in the now, but also if you want to, how to use that power to a great effect on others, okay? But use it responsibly, people. Use it responsibly. So let's dig in. All right, so the first thing I want to help you understand is that at any given time, if you're not aware, you could possibly be a puppet uh, to others' uh, whims and triggers and things that they have done or acted upon you. Whether you think you cannot be fooled or triggered or not, I'm not even going to go there because you can just trust me. And no, you don't even have to trust me. Trust your biology. Okay. All right. So the first thing is, is when you are being um, triggered, it, it works to bypass your logic and to appeal to uh, habits. It appeals to pleasure or, or pain seeking or defending against. And so it is a primal part of us that is activated. And to better paint this, let me let me put this into context. So say for instance, you have a cell phone, mobile phone, wherever you are. And say for instance, your phone lights up or it buzzes or it dings. What do you do? Do you ignore it or do you stop what you're doing, look at it, and then activate the screen to either dismiss it or to just read a little bit to see if it's important or not. Now, if you were able to honestly say, you know, what you would do, I would guarantee that most of the time it would be to take some type of action. And this would be part of the why 
now action. And this is an action that not only are we looking at it from a psychological standpoint, but it is being used to great effect for people who want to sell you something or get you to do something, believe something or whatever. And so the why now effect is something that we definitely want to get our heads around and our understanding from that deep learning state of wisdom. So now that you have an understanding of what I'm talking about with this why now and how it's being used on you and how you can use it to great effect, let's start talking a little bit about learning what drives you to do what you think you absolutely need to do in the now. Okay, so the first thing is, is that there has to be a good reason for us to stop what we're currently doing to do something else. Let's just say that we are not drones. We are not stupid. And so there has to be, quote unquote, good reason, an impetus, a pattern interrupt, if you will, for us to be willing to do what uh, we haven't been, for us to change course, change energy, direction, focus, tone, whatever you want to call it. All right. And so because of this, this reason needs to be something that's compelling enough uh, to not only interrupt our train of thought, but to change our behavior. And so I want to talk about a book that I've mentioned before on the podcast, but it is a really good book and it's called Hooked by Nir Eyal. And this book has gone on to become one of the primers in a lot of businesses, industries on how to get people to not only buy products, but to get to the point where their products become part of the necessary functions of life, aka my example with the cell phone. I I'm the first to say that I got a problem when it comes to my cell phone. One of the recent trips that I took, I actually managed to lose my cell phone, not once, but twice. And I lost it in the same place, but different places. Meaning I lost my cell phone because I forgot and left it in the stall in bathrooms. Now, why would I need to take my cell phone to the bathroom if I was coming right back to my table and someone was there to watch it? Huh, exactly. What I'm saying is that I have been successfully adapted to the point where my cell phone is usually never more than a few feet away from me. And that is by design. And it has been designed not by me, but by others. I don't want to say powers that be, but I am going to say powers that want to make sure that we look at our cell phones as an extension of ourself. We've gotten to the point now where cell phones have threatened to make uh, wristwatches obsolete. And for those people who need to have a wristwatch, they have made it where, okay, you don't want to give up your wristwatch? Y'all say that real fast and see how hard it is to say wristwatch. So they've made them smart. And so it's like now, because you have this cell phone or this smartwatch, you can check the time, see who's trying to contact you, get news alerts and notifications, check your pedometer to see how many steps you've taken, what is your heart rate, if you want to do a sprint. I mean, these things are so integrated into each other that we take them for granted, not realizing that they are part of the why now scenario and effect that's uh, uh, taking hold of us. Okay, so thank you for letting me set that up and and giving you a little understanding about this. And so what I'm going to do real quick uh, is talk a little bit about what Nir Yal calls um, variable reward. 
Now, if you want to think of it in, in layman's terms, it would be unpredictable rewards. And so think, if you will, if uh, you were to go to uh, Vegas and play the slots and you sit down and somebody right next to you, all of a sudden the bells go off, ding, 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 and all of the loud clanking noises of uh, either coins, and I don't think they have those anymore, but uh, or the loud dinging noises and whistles and whirls of the credits that you're accumulating through your winnings. And you hear these sounds disparately around the section where you are. And you sit down to play, and you play, um, and you win a few little a little, few little credits, and you're possibly up a few. You keep playing, and sometimes you lose, but mm, sometimes you win, and sometimes you win back to back. What you are going through is called the variable reward, and it is training you to always be alert and to always expect a reward, but to not be upset and give up if you don't get it. You see, how this is set up is that we have two main drivers in our quest to fulfill our desires, uh, express our passions, and to um, defray or annihilate our pains. And that is curiosity and our need and search for reward. And so because of this, unpredictable rewards, also known as variable rewards, cause triggers of behavior to happen because they tap into the, our natural curiosity and our need and search for rewards. And yeah, I know what you're saying. You're like, oh, that is dirty. It might be, but think about it. It is also a, a good application for those who uh, have uh, malaise and uh, depressions and things because a lot of times the same trigger is used to help people uh, get out of certain levels of depression without the need for addictive drugs and those things that would override the amygdala and hippocampus. Okay, so just bear with me on this because it's not all bad, and that's another reason why I'm I'm wanting to take the time to talk with uh talk with you and to minister to you, serve you up some wisdom smacks so that you can see um, the good, the bad, the meh about the why now effect. Okay, so I've already talked a little bit about how our phones have been used to do this. So let me talk a little bit more about the phones with curiosity and reward. Okay, so. Think of this. It has gotten to the point where our phones have trained us to accept and um, look for variable rewards all the time. And it is because not that it's treating us like it's the house and we're the gambler, but it's treating us like we are the receiver of serendipity, of good tidings in, in, in the way we do things. Because on the other hand, we have been trained to use our phones, smartphones, smart watches, whatever you want to call it, to also generate rewards for others. So think about when you send a text message or you receive one. On the one hand, when you're sending a text message, depending on the context and to whom you're sending to, sending it to, a lot of times it can provide 
two those uh, provide uh, what those two drivers that we need of curiosity and reward. It can provide those because if they're not expecting it and it, the notification pops up, then the curiosity has been fulfilled and triggered. And thus, the curiosity triggered causes the action of investigation. And the action of investigation will show you have a new message. Uh, whether it be the icon or a sneak peek of what you're saying, it is still the promise of that reward. And it causes us to not only look at the phone, if, for instance, we need to wake it up or put in a code or our face eyeball or whatever, we do all of that so that we can get the reward of receiving the text message. And the funny thing is, is that the cell phone and the company behind the technology and the cell phone, they had nothing to do with this. And so what they have been so able to do is cleverly make it where now they provide us with a platform for us to provide our each other our own variable rewards. Yes, I hear you. It's the same thing with social media. When you get notifications on your phone about social media, who's doing what, it is fulfilling the same thing. And then the next thing with regards to this, remember the name of the book that I'm referring today, referring to about this today is called Hooked. And that is how we get hooked because we continue to have this kind of behavior reinforced every day. But the reason why we will take uh, notice of it is not because it is the same thing every day. No, it is because of this next thing that I'm going to talk about with regards to the why now, and that is the power of new. So let's move into this part where I talk about how do you get someone to uh, do something in the now that they weren't expecting? How do you get someone to pick up a, 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 a cell phone when they are deep in work, look at it, open it up, read the message, and then take the time to respond? Well, here are some things that you need to know, especially if you're trying to create this why now effect or event. The first thing is you have to know your own why. Why do you want them to take this action? And that should imbue or season everything that you're wanting them to do because it will matter what actions you want them to take and it will matter what triggers you create for them to take these actions. So once you know your why of uh, why you need them to be able to stop what they're doing and do what you want them to do, then you need to realize that there is only one option that you are working with, and that is for them to do it now because later means never. And because you know your why and you know that the only option for them to take action is in the now and that later means never, you will then create the trigger for it to make sure that they do it now and thus that brings us to the next thing, and that is working with understanding why you want someone to do something, working with the only option for them to do it now, don't put it off for later. You can use one of the most powerful 
um, things that we learned uh, in the six um, principles of influence. And that one, that's um, in the book uh, Persuasion by Dr. Robert Caldini. And it has become a standard in how a lot of uh, marketers and salespeople work to get people to do this why now effect. And that is the, the principle of scarcity or limitation. And that is to tell people something is going away. If you wait, it won't be here. Uh, We now know it um, as the fear of missing out, FOMO. But when you offer those limitations or scarcity, what you do is you coerce the need for something to be done now. You see how I've not told you that you have to go and do anything real uh, detailed or advanced. This stuff just makes sense. And it starts with just understanding the first two things have to do with the person that's initiating the action. And that is to know why you want someone to do something and understand Um, that you've got to figure out a way for them to do it now. And then, like I said, this next part is where we talk about how to do that. Do limit limit uh, uh, limitations. Uh, have you ever had something where they have a clock ticking down? Ticketmaster does that all the time. You want to go and check out uh, seats for a concert. As soon as you put something in your cart or open up the cart, they tell you you have nine minutes. You have ten minutes, and the clock starts clicking down. That is built to cause a trigger for you to do it now, and they know why they want you to do it now, and thus they tell you. We want you to do this now because other people want this seat as well. And that wouldn't be right for us to let you keep this seat out of inventory and never commit. And so it makes sense to you. And you're like, I really do want this seat. So not only do you have the limitation of uh, nine minutes, you also have scarcity. So they do a double whammy on you where they're like, there are only so many seats in the arena or wherever the venue is. And you want this seat? Well, guess what? Others do too. I've noticed this on um, Etsy um, where they'll do that as well. You'll put something in your cart and then they'll say, well, 20 other people want this and stock is low. And it's reasonable because just in the very way that Etsy is set up, you know that this is not mass marketed. This is usually a lot of times handcrafted. It is by people just like you and me selling their crafts. And so there is a limited supply. And by them understanding how to use the why now effect on you. They institute the limitations by telling you how many are in the cart. And then they put in the scarcity factor that uh, it's only one left. Get it, you know, buy it now. Now, this is the next thing that's really important for you to understand of the why now. And I'm going to say when I get to, at you know, at this point, Say, for instance, you're not trying to sell anybody anything. Say, for instance, you're just trying to figure out a way to hack your own self to get up and do stuff in the now instead of continuing to procrastinate and put things off. Um, if you listen to this part, this is going to be such a big wisdom smack that I, I'm going to just ask you to tell wisdom. Thank you, because she's doing her thing. And that is this, that You want, if you want yourself or anybody else to do something in the now and say, for instance, you don't want to use limitations or scarcity to coerce people. Think of the power of the new, something new. Going back to our phone illustration, 
When a new notification comes in of a text message, it's not the same text message over and over again. Heck, it doesn't even have to come from the same person. And so the new is what is powerful enough to break our trances of procrastination or our uh, fixation on something. And what it does is it provides a pattern interrupt. And so with the, the new, it is able to compel us to divert our attention away from what we are already doing. You've already heard of it possibly by another name, and that is the shiny object syndrome or the squirrel moment. That is what we're talking about when we talk about this whole new, okay? And so if, for instance, you are trying to overcome something uh, that you've been trying to start, I'll tell you mine, I'll be very vulnerable here. It takes me a while to get revved up on any project I start, but once I get started, then I'm off to the races. And so what I've had to learn with this why now, because I use it on myself as well, what I've had to learn with the why now is to find something new about it that's appealing. And not that it's new because it's hard, but it's new because it's interesting and it appeals to my, you guessed it, sense of curiosity and the promise of some type of reward. And so now that I use that, it works on me. And I was like, wow, who would have thought the why now effect you could do it on yourself knowing what you're doing? It's just amazing. And so because of that, if for instance, you are wanting to set up something to get people to act on what it is you want them to act on, just by doing the th- the things that I've uh, talk to you about right now, you'll be successful, but you know I got more for you. But before I, I move on to the to the second part of how to do this, let me reiterate what I've already gone over. So, and these are not in any kind of order, but I'm just going to number them so that you can chunk them down to understand. So one, I want you to know your why. Why does it need to be done now? Know that why. Number two, know that um, it is now, I mean, know that now, excuse me, is the only option. Later means death. It means never. It means you'll never do it or they'll never get around to it. So you need to know how to appeal to the action of being immediate. And then the next two are actions to work on these. And that is to use the influence of limitations and scarcity to coerce someone or yourself to do something now. Limitations are going to be where you know that the supply is limited, that you are going to miss out. Uh, scarcity is, uh, um, it's, going to be uh, a heightened sense of limitation where you could possibly add on within a time frame. You only have this amount and you only have this few minutes to make your decision. So that's how you use limitations and scarcity. And then the next part of that is going to be to use the power of the new to break trances and use it as a a patterned interrupt to get yourself or someone else to divert their attention from what they were doing to what they're doing now. Because if you do something that is new, it is going to have that power. But the thing is, with the new, it should introduce a new curiosity and a new hint or promise of reward for going after it. 
Okay, so now that we've got that first part, let's get on to the second part. And the second part is going to continue to talk about the new, but with a little bit of a, a flair to it. And so with regards to embracing the new or presenting the new, you want to have the new where it's a gateway to this particular pattern. And I already know that this is a um, a subsect that has been uh, co-opted into uh, one of our, our beloved communities, the LBGT community, but it still works, you know, no matter what. And the concept of this gateway, when you choose something new, it should open people up to this natural pattern and it should be new, now, next, meaning that whatever is the new, it deserves attention now and it promises the reward of something next. And when I say something next, meaning it could be a progression or a step after it, or it could be where it presents someone with the um, the reward of being so avant-garde, so front of the line that they can now pass it on to someone else and get the reward of being first. Think about uh, comments and the commenting system. A lot of people don't even realize that they have been trained to do this. When they come in and they put under a comment first, it is you know that they were triggered by this sense of new. Something was new and it opened the gateway up to this this triangular pattern of something new means that you act on it now and then it will cause you to go to something next or you can pass it on as next. And so it is very powerful how this stuff works. And so also with this embracing the new and making sure that it can uh, lead us into a gateway um, for the new now next, the next thing is, is that new stuff appeals to our boredom. And what it does is, is it promises a way to break or banish boredom. Do not forget the power of what new can do. And new does not have to be complex. A lot of times it's not complex if you really want someone to break away and to look at it. Uh, There was a spate of what they would call casual games a uh, few few years ago maybe about 5 5 years ago and these were game these 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 games were so simple that they almost look like 8-bit games from the throwback of the beginning of Atari. And people flocked to them in droves. One of the most popular was Flappy Bird. And with Flappy Bird, Flappy Bird appealed, whether the creator of it wanted to or not, it appealed to people through this why now? By the use of, you guessed it, the new. But It was also a gateway to the pattern of new, now, and next. And the reason why is because it was something new. It looked different from all the other slick um, games. And it demanded you play it now, meaning that it was easy to play. You didn't have to build up certain amounts of skills. And you had just as much chance of uh, succeeding as losing. Because it seemed simple, you could immediately play it. But it was hard to advance to the next level. And so that is what created the next. You had one of the most famous YouTubers at the time, and I think he still is, PewDiePie. 
that uh, talked about his love for the game. And of course, because he's cool, those that follow him got the game and they started to play it. And because they were cool, they then shared it. And on and on, you see the pattern went. But this was the diabolical side of it. Flappy Bird was played as, uh, for the most people, as a boredom deterrent because it was simple, it was new, and it uh, gave just enough variable, remember, variable reward to keep people engaged, to try to get to the next level and the next level. And so it, it was a perfect storm of that, that it was able to not only introduce this gateway, it was new to break the trance and have a pattern interrupt, but it also appealed to boredom and satisfied it with the promise to banish and break it. Okay, so let's talk about a few more and the um of how to do this. And then I promise I'll let you go and you can go and practice this on yourself and others, but do so responsibly, please. All right. So the next thing is, is uh, when you are trying to do something uh, to encourage yourself or others to do the why now, and you're trying to answer that, you don't necessarily have to always try to find something new because it will cause you to become unstable. Um, because there are some things yesterday, I think day before yesterday, we talked about the, the need to let certain things cook. This is when you need to do that, but still have it where people are willing to um, engage and, and take action on what you want them to. And that is to reframe or change the appearance, the packaging, or the presentation of something you already have. And so in my world as a, a book um, author, and a trainer, I a lot of times use derivatives. And derivatives are reimaginings and retellings or reapproaches of well-established story that people love that are perennial. And with these derivatives, that is what we do. We include the creativity to add a new layer on a old thing. Uh, think of it as a um, not only a refurbishing, but a uh, Re, um, I said reimagining, but um, a, a reimagining of something that is existent. People love to circle back to things that have that were old that have become new again, and so that is another way. It's still using the power of new, but what it's doing is giving people a new angle, a new perception or way of thinking of it to engage with it as if it's something new. And then to wrap this up, don't forget that whatever you want to do with regards to starting something new, or if you want to get other people to start something new. Even when you are working with, uh, and I said new, now, starting something now, even when you're working with the new, you're working with limitations and scarcity and all of these other things, make sure that you can provide some type of variable reward um, to trigger the behavior you want. And so don't forget those two components of curiosity, our natural curiosity and our need for rewards. If you're able to make sure that whatever it is you're offering triggers those things, it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel. You will be able to do something now and that will be 
the strong impotence for why now? And so, yes, you guys, my time is up. I've really enjoyed talking with you and bringing you this wisdom today. I hope you get a chance to use it. And please write me. Let me know how you're able to take it and and go with it because it's a powerful wisdom skill to have in your quiver. So guess what? That's going to do it for now. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to like, share, use our Amazon link at michellespiva.com for slash AMZ for all your Amazon needs and check out the show notes uh, for other ways to support us and if any books were mentioned. And I will, I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.